guys. Welcome to the Save Continue podcast, where we, we get together and talk about video games and video game-related stuff. You guys okay? Y'all, y'all all right over I'm, there? I'm good. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Peachy. Yeah, well, uh, I'm Shanae Howard. Those lovely voices that you're hearing are Thomas Shelby and Ryan Robinson. Hey, you pronounced my name right this week. Hi, yeah. guys. Um... So it's got y'all so giggly. I just did a thing where uh, right after I started, I pressed the record button, I just stared directly into the camera. And it was, <laughs> it was funny to me. Uh, what have you been playing? Not much this week, actually. Uh, still playing some uh, King of Fighters. Nice. I did play this game called Expendable. For the Dreamcast, I know that game. Do you it's play with really that, uh, cool. That other Dreamcast controller. Yeah, it's like kind of like Cannon Spike, except like Cannon Spike is arena based, and this has like actual levels. It's pretty neat. Um, what is it's like top Cannon like Spike? top down shooter? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. So that was fun. What else? That's it, really. Like, I don't know. I've been playing like a few minutes of this or that, but I haven't really played too many games this week. How about you, Ryan? Um, so still playing The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I had a really funny. Right, well, I had a really funny moment in that today. Um, I won't. I'm not for spoiler sakes. I'm not gonna tell you where this is only going to tell you that it does that it is a thing that happens where it has a fight that you are meant to lose and um and the last of us like the i find the player death animations to be particularly off-putting so as soon as it as soon as it triggers i would normally reload my checkpoint and try again um so in this particular instance, every time I thought the death animation was starting up, I would restart. I did that for an hour and a half. <laughs> I did that for an hour and a half. And I didn't Why can't I win this? Because well, it was it was like I was like, there's something like this. Because I was at the point I was I was getting to the point. I was like, this is just bad game design. Like this fight is just <laughs> bad game design. And then I realized that I was supposed to lose. And uh, I felt relieved at that point. Um, you know, has the game made you cry yet? Um, no, that game does stress me out quite a bit, though. Actually, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time we recorded, or maybe I was just in conversation. But um, I was telling Tom that the, to me, the scariest thing in that can happen in video games is being hunted. And oh. you spend a lot of time in that game being hunted, and it is pretty, <laughs> it's, it's really stressful. Um, played I uh, played a little bit more King of Fighters 14 with Tom. Uh, that was a really good time. Um, and I also tried out a game today called Rad, a game by Double Fine Studios. Uh, mm. It's I've heard of them. Yeah, so the game is basically, um, it's an action RPG, I guess you'd say, and 
basic the core conceit of the game is you're this kid who is trying to save his town and so you have to venture into some radioactive wastes to find a um to find a power source for your environmental control doohickeys and um throughout as you're going through the game and killing enemies you're exposed to different you're exposed to radiation which causes different mutations at random and uh, some of them I found to be more useful than others, but it's always fun to see, like, what mutation am I going to get next? Like, uh, one, I got made wings spread out my back so I could, like, hover for a little bit and or, like, get through larger gaps. Uh, another one made it uh, so, like, a little guy sprouted out of my back and he would he would uh, he would shoot at people who were behind me. I could also take him off of my back and throw him and, and he just stay stay there as a turret. And so that's cool. Yeah, it was really it's really neat. And like some of them are like passive stuff like you can get a mutation that makes it so that walking through fire doesn't hurt you. Um, but yeah, it's it's got a really cool little uh, little vibe to it. Lots of um, lots of really cool music. Um, a lot of really like a lot of really good uh, visuals in it. The character the character models are kind of whatever, but like everything around that, like the backgrounds and the environments are really are really cool looking too. Um, I haven't finished a run of the game yet, um, but so far I'm really digging it. That's the first Double Fine game I've played, I think, since I want to say Broken Age. Yeah. This is Broken Age or Brutal Legend was the last one I played. I can't remember. but Well, Brutal Legend came out well before Broken Age. Yeah, but also it could have been the last one that I played. Which I do sure. believe I did play the la the last time I played Brutal Legend on uh, Steam, I believe. Um, yeah, but yeah, good time, good time. I like it so far. All right, real quick, I want to make a quick timeout. Ryan, it sounds like you're, like the audio is coming through like your computer. I keep hearing this weird distortion, and it's really like I can like really bothering me in the conversation. Well, I don't know where it's is it is it me or is it you? I think it's you because because okay. when it's Tommy talks, I don't hear it. Okay. Yes. Hold on, let me. Well, I don't know if you, this Tom? helps, but I don't hear any kind of distortion. Okay. How about now? Yeah, it just it just sounds like it's like it's getting like the audio is coming through his computer instead of his headset. It's coming through this microphone here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me make. Let's sure. just leave this in, okay? Sure. Uh, let me. I'll make. I'll take a quick second to make sure I'm not recording from two sources at once, and I am not. So I don't know. We'll. I guess we'll. We'll see. Let's All just right. roll the dice, y'all. Yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it, it is what it is, man. Are we? Are we gonna yellow? No. No, I, I would not we say, say that. No. I really <laughs> hope that that line by itself means that you will cut this out and not leave it. Nope. In fact, I'm gonna leave this as is. But I'm going to make a separate clip that is just isolated <laughs> you saying that. <laughs> Dope. All right. Uh, well, if anyone's curious, um, as to no surprise, I have been playing Animal Crossing. I really like the new update uh -huh. and the swimming features. Uh -huh. I can I can dive around, and some of the stuff runs from you. So you got to like, swim after it. And I sing the Jaws song every single time. I'm just like, da na 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 And then you grab it. Oh, is that the job? And song? yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know it's been super fun. Um, I've been doing a lot of 
renovating stuff on my island, getting like ideas actually down. I've been really cultivating my like catalog of items and I now have them like on an app on my phone, like matching. And so it's like perfectly cataloged and I feel really good about that. And then my friend Sean bought me Halo 3, but I have not played it yet. I actually well, was planning on doing that after need, the podcast. You need to get on that. You need to finish the fight, dude. Ryan <laughs> bought me The Last of Us 2. Uh, yeah. Did he really? He just hasn't delivered it to me yet. I'm working on the logistics of that right now. You see, I don't have a car right now. Just, just favor it. Favor it? Yeah. Uh, or not po- favor it with Postmates. One of, one of the ones that will do like non-just store stuff. It'll also like, do other deliveries. Oh, the United States Postal Service. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> All right, that is the second Whether time. hail nor sleep or whatever. How's it go? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, yeah, so th- that was our show. Thanks for listening to us talk about the post office. <laughs> yeah, that was a good yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. No, actually, uh, so I have been... Of course, listening to all the things that are going on in the like online communities, but I've been also seeing some people online talking about the scarcity of switches, uh-huh. and, and not in every country, obviously, but in a lot of them, and a lot of people saying that it's an artificial scarcity. Those and, people are idiots. And I'm just like, yeah, like I'm like, this is a motherfucking pandemic. Yeah. Like, what do you like? What do you think this is the artificial uh, like? scarcity thing like they haven't done that in a hot here's the thing right now currently it's no i mean they still do it completely but this is a completely different situation uh right now it's hard to find a fucking playstation 4 you know like that that's not related to nintendo in any way you know it's just uh consoles in general are in high demand with people staying at home as somebody who works in the semiconductor industry, I can tell you that these chipsets are in very high demand right now. Yeah, but um, I've been thinking on the kind of like history of Nintendo with artificial scarcity, and just kind of want to talk to you guys about that because um, I saw a lot of the things, same things come up when the Switch launched, and I. <clears throat> And then, like, I know, like, Forbes and a couple other magazines, like, and, like, a couple tech magazines talked about, like, no, it's not our social scarcity. It is incompetent workflow, su- uh, or supply workflow, as far as that went. Apparently, the logistics of it just did not go very well for them. Well, with the Switch specifically, I think it's different than the scarcity of things like their software or Amiibo or even other consoles that they've had uh, because the switch is based off of a Tegra processor that is, was already put in a lot of things like tablets and mobile phones. Uh, You know, when there's a demand for that processor elsewhere, besides just this specific device. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, I mean, (laughs) there's going to be fewer of them available. That's just the way it is, you know? Um, that said, switches weren't particularly hard to find at launch. Like, day one, sure. You know, <laughs> but give it a month or two later, it wasn't that difficult to come across a switch. It's not like when the Wii came out, you know. No. And People waited the... fucking months and months and months for a Wii. 
you know. And I haven't really read up or like looked at any articles like pertaining to that. Um, so like you probably have more knowledge of me on this. Like I definitely don't feel like that was artificial lick scarcity at all. I feel like that was just a lot of people really wanted that device. More than expected, right? Especially yeah. considering the sales. Like especially at that time, uh, we had the Nintendo 64 sell fewer units than the SNES. And then the GameCube sell fewer units. Uh, so Nintendo had no reason to believe that the Wii was going to blow up the way that it did. You know, They had no reason to prepare that much hardware. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, why would you make that much if you don't think you're going to sell that much? Yeah. And I forgot about, I forgot about Amiibos. Because you're right, they still do that like all the time with those. Yeah. And that is super frustrating. And what... I'm trying to think of the, uh, I think it was Xenoblade on the Wii, on the Wii that they did that for a long time, where like that was like a sixty seventy dollar game for a hot minute. Well, they do that with all Nintendo first party games and even some second party games uh, until they end up doing like, I think on SNES it was called like Player's Choice, and like the past couple of generations it's been Nintendo Selects, right? That's yeah. That's when you see a price drop on those titles, uh, but it's smart. I, get, I mean, I get that people think that it's scummy, and it sort of is, right? Like, it kind of is. <laughs> but, like, if they can have Ocarina of Time 3D for $40 at launch and keep it at $40 for three fucking years because people are going to pay for it, uh, and then you do a price drop to 20 like, why wouldn't you do that? If people are going to pay that higher price point for Nintendo's first-party games, why wouldn't they continue to do that? Yeah, yeah, because like, um, it's like with, with Disney in the vault, like those classics. Right, right. exactly. Um, and you see MPDs, and then, right? Since the Switch came out, you see MPDs. And games like Mario Kart 8 uh, and Smash Brothers and Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild, all these games chart for fucking months and months and months. I mean, they're not GTA 5, right? They're not Minecraft. Uh, but they're not far from it. <laughs> well, they also they also have like fewer devices that they're on compared to those games as sure, well. Sure, sure, and they don't count um, digital sales, right? Nintendo doesn't count any of their digital sales, uh, which I imagine for Switch is quite a few. But, yeah, I mean they have to start counting that now. At least have some sort of record of it, or they can put it into like I mean, data managed like a data record, managed form. But that information is not provided to NPD. All right. Okay. Yeah, I know, because I was, uh, I wrote it down because this also, like, brought it, because I went back to the article, because, like, because of seeing those comments, seeing the other things linked to it, like, uh, and I looked him up in his history at Disney, but, uh, so Peter Main, who was the executive for, uh, vice president for sales and marketing for Disney for a hot minute, he called it inventory management, and I feel, like, as far as, like, in the vault stuff, and I feel like that's definitely applies to Nintendo as well. I mean, that's what the, in the vault, the D Nintendo selects are. And you're right, it, it is a smart move in doing brand integrity. But when they first started doing it, they had a much bigger, like, share of the market. Sure. As far as, like, games and consoles went. And even, like, in Toys R Us and, like, sales of toys and stuff like that, they had a much bigger share than I think they do now. Maybe not. Maybe toys are still like pretty big because I forgot about Amiibo, so I'm not only going to talk about like that <laughs> as far as the peripherals go. Yeah. 
but I I definitely don't play with consoles and even software now that they have like the power that um, they used to as far as the market goes. And I just don't feel like since like the Switch, like the launch of it, there's been no reason to do fault scarcity for any of their hardware or software. Well, I mean, here's there always is a reason to do it for software. Hardware, well, maybe not, but there is always a reason to do it for software. If you go, Sinead, let's say, I don't know, what's a Nintendo game you like? Uh, Pokemon, right? Let's say, I know it's Pokemon Company, but it's Nintendo Public. So let's say a new Pokemon comes out, and Sinead's super fucking excited for it, and she goes to the store on day one, but she forgot to pre-order, and it's not there. So she goes back in a week, and it's not there. So she goes back in a month, and it's not there. So she goes back in three months, and it's not there, right? You fucking buy it digitally. And Nintendo sees a bigger cut of you buying it digitally than they do if you bought that physical copy at a store. So false scarcity, when it comes to software, is always a smart business move. Whether it's a good consumer-friendly move or not is debatable. But it's always a smart business move. Hmm. In my really opinion. About, I haven't really heard opinion. about any like scarcity in games, though, since like the launch of it. I mean, I'll say this, there have been a few times, a handful of times, where I have gone to purchase a physical copy of a game that I did not pre-order and have been unsuccessful, right? Not often. Uh, most recently, Monkey Ball Deluxe. What was that What was that fucking Monkey Ball called? The remake. The real bad one. Anyway, I went to go buy that day one. Nope. They didn't have it, you know? And it's not because Monkey Ball is so popular that it sold out. It's because... They didn't expect to sell a lot of them, so they only ordered a couple, you know? Yeah. But, like, it does happen. Um, and it happens typically more on the software side of things. When we typically see it with hardware, it's at launch or it's during the holidays. Uh, the reason we're seeing it now is just because everyone's at home, you know? Or if it's their uh, my NES sister, or My NES sister classic. just bought a Switch, uh, and she picked up... She got the Animal Crossing Switch. She paid $600 for a Japanese unit because she couldn't find one here in the States. You know. Um, Yes, with those classic consoles, for sure. That's really weird, right? They could be printing more and more of those. And the software that's running them is basically a Raspberry fucking Pi. Like, they're not... There's no shortage of... (laughs) Of components for those two units, you know, guys, uh, guys, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think we make this NES classic. It's just, right. it's just too hard. Man wasn't meant to and, do this. And I will say this, you know, when <laughs> Reggie Fusebe came out, Reggie Fusebe came out after the NES classic was hard to find, and said we will print more. We didn't realize it would be this popular, so they did print more. And the initial run of the SNES classic was higher than that of the NES classic. Uh, True. But yeah, like, Nintendo's, that is how Nintendo compares to Disney as far as the whole Disney vault business goes. In that, like, there's a fuck ton of Mario games and a fuck ton of Zelda games that, you know, like, I've got Sinead's Wii U, right? I can turn that on and I can find them to download on there. And there's no reason the majority of them should not run on the Switch, right? But they're not there. Uh, that's the whole Disney Vault thing. Eventually, they'll put them out, and people will go fucking crazy. And those games, those 20-year-old games will chart once again. 
Uh, and be for like 50, 60 bucks. Uh, well, I don't think they're going to be doing that for some fucking yeah. GameCube game, you know? Oh, that but, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, unless it's like a remaster or something like that, right? But if it's just a straight port, which most of this Wii U stuff is, um, yeah, like, it's, it, it, it is smart. I don't know. I mean, I know they did a lot with their uh, NES uh, cartridges. What's that? Like, they... Uh, the artificial scarcity. So they kept a lot of games inactive and didn't send them to re retailers like Toys R Us for sure. And there wasn't really, there wasn't a digital market on there. Well, I think like that's at such a different time, right? And this is speaking as somebody who was not keeping track of Nintendo's business back then, obviously. But like, you got to remember, this is right after the video games crash. Nintendo was dipping its toes into the fucking water, right? We had... We had test markets for the NES before they even released it nationwide because they weren't sure if it would be lucrative, lucrative enough to do so, you know? Uh, they assumed it would be a flop. That's why you saw, like, I think it was, like, New York and Albuquerque were, like, the two test markets for the NES. Uh, there might be another one or two I'm forgetting about. Yeah. But, like, you know, yeah, if they were that scared to even release the console, like, I'm not surprised they wouldn't print a whole lot of games. Um, that's just my take on it. That's like, and I don't know exactly when they adopted this, uh, like, sort of marketing direction. Um, I know I've seen like twice or a couple times. One of them was on a uh, one one player uh, article on it, talking about how um, Nintendo blamed flooding the market for the reason the Atari collapsed, and Absolutely. that's why they changed. And that's why they changed gears on it. Yeah. But I don't really know, know like the details or even the like, general the general thing about why it flooded the market or necessarily like, how that caused the downfall of it. Sure. So with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred and subsequent consoles after that, uh, everybody was making games, and they were making very low quality games. Right? Games were being turned around in like two months, three months, sometimes less than that. Uh, there were games for fucking everything, right? People blame E.T., but it's not E.T.'s fault. There's a bunch of fucking shitty games. And people got tired of paying a high dollar for these games that fucking sucked, you know? Uh, and eventually the market just crashed. There was an oversaturation. That's why when NES came to the States, and I believe even the Famicom in, in Japan, uh, you saw things like Nintendo only allowing publishers to publish so many games every year. Which is why we had things like Ultra coming out um, from Konami, right? It's another fake company they made just to publish more games. Uh, but, you know, that's when... I won't say, and James Sandusky can back me up on this, I will not say that every NES game is fantastic. There are a lot of shitty NES games, right? <laughs> but a lot of them are shitty due to age and not because they were really shitty back then, if that makes sense. They just didn't hold up very well over the course of several decades. Uh, I mean, some, some like, were probably not great at launch no, either. Sure, some <laughs> were already bad, right? But the, the Nintendo seal of approval, as much of a gimmick as it was, actually kind of had some meaning to it, you know? Nintendo was trying to curate what was being put on their platform for that exact reason. Uh, I think that's smart. I wish more people would do that today. I wish Nintendo would do that today, right? Like, we've talked about it before. NES, 
like seven, eight hundred games total. Switch had more than that in its first year. Yeah. So I know what's your what do you think is the worst NES game that you've played? Oi, I don't know. Same same question goes for you, Ryan. The one that immediately comes to mind is uh I don't know. I've heard people speak highly of it. I don't know why. Well, in your opinion, worst one that you played in your opinion. There was a Popeye game that was literally just Donkey Kong. And and it wasn't, I guess it wasn't, I mean, Donkey Kong is good. So I guess, you know, by transitive property, I guess that game is also good. But it was just like, it was was shitty because it was just like, it was literally Donkey Kong with Popeye and Bluto instead of uh, Jumpman and Donkey Kong. So it was just, um... But uh, also, you know, I I think that because of like how uh, how infrequently I got new games from my Nintendo, you know, I think that colored my perception of a lot of those games, uh, especially the age at which, especially the age I was at when I was getting those games. Um, Agreed. Yeah, I don't know anybody else's opinion, but mine was the Fanta- uh, the Fantasia game. I just hated it. My cousin would play it, and I'd just leave the room. I just didn't want to play it. Well, I'll tell you the Friday the 13th game wasn't very good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, but, uh, it's funny, though, because I watched someone playing that game recently, and I still felt kind of scared because I was like, man, is Jason going to show up here? Or is Jason going to show up here? <laughs> so, I mean, in that way, it was effective, but that game... Purple Jason? Yeah, per- <laughs> but, but in that in that way, the game was effective. Jason? Yeah, but that, uh, that game is well. I never actually put hands on it because I was too scared to. I will. It. I will say this bad. though about the whole scarcity thing on the software side. I remember clearly going to Toys R Us and going to Game World and going to Walmart and always seeing like fully stocked Nintendo li- uh, licensed and published games. You know. I never saw a shortage of Mario 64 or Mario Kart 64 or Pilot Wings or like any of those games. They were always there. Uh, you know, the generation after that, I can't really speak to. I, Maybe so that's when it happened. I don't know. But So I started working at GameStop uh, when the DSi came out. Yeah. So, like, I know quite a, Like, definitely not... Like the first day of like a Pokemon of New Mario game, it would, yeah. it might wipe out, and then like uh, like sometime in the holidays, we also might run out for a couple days. But always pretty stocked on it. It is the like kind of non like Mario, Pokemon, Zelda like titles that we would run out of. So so like um of course it's a lot of like 3ds games at launch. Yeah, sold out pretty quickly. I guess so. It's the stuff that's expected to sell less, right? But, like, what's funny about their first-party stuff is even the stuff that's expected to sell less, even Super Princess Peach, probably still sold pretty well compared to other titles on the platform. I guess, oh, yeah. I know. mean, like, we, we even resold it for, like, basically brand-new prices. Right. I, I guess what I'm wondering is how <clears throat> often people are confusing artificial scarcity with just a manufacturer's inability to keep up with demand. I think well, it's not. I mean, I think artificial scarcity in Nintendo's case is true. Well, I'm not. They, well, it's <laughs> not just not every time. I just not every time, right? <laughs> right. Well, like because I think that a lot of times when you talk when 
when I hear people talk about artificial scarcity, it's a blanket statement, like mm-hmm. across the board for like everything that they do. And right. I think that just sometimes it is possible. Like, I'm not saying that artificial scarcity isn't a thing because I mean, I mean, if I can, if I could, if I have a way to keep demand for my product high, then I'm probably going to exploit it. But um, I also think that there are some cases where like it was possible for the manufacturer to underestimate how popular a title was going to be and have a hard time keeping up with it. Um, right. And I think that also, again, because I it's weird because I've, even with everything going on, I've heard that I've heard that uh, topic come up um, like in reference to like what Nintendo is doing as far as like it's like specifically where hardware is concerned. And uh, I might be I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure their shit is manufactured in China. I have no idea. Um, which is like probably some of it. Yeah. So and like with how bad like with how bad like uh, manufacturing has been affect has uh, slowed down in that in that part of the world, you know I have to imagine that coupled with everybody having to stay home and entertain themselves, that it would be kind of hard to you know keep up with demand if you can't make these things fast enough. That being said, I don't really know a whole lot about manufacturing, and I also don't know like. I don't know the intricate details of uh, Nintendo's manufacturing situation. Right. And like uh, I said earlier, I, the thing I think is funny about this situation, what we're going through now, is that it's not just Nintendo. It's video games, yeah. you know? I, I think we uh, don't realize how many, like, how many <clears> other <throat> things like, have similar components to video game consoles. Right, but like like I said, like Mario sixty four is tweeting out every time he tweeted out today. Hey, there's a couple of switches available on Amazon. Go get them. Yeah. You know, uh, he does the same thing for PlayStation. It's, it's not just a switch that's hard to find. It's all consoles, really. Yeah. So I've I've heard the argument being that this has been like you know like a long term plan. Prices are going up. Yeah, a long term plan of theirs. Like they did they did like artificial scarcity when they launched. They did it during like another time, and they're doing it now during the pandemic. And they're going to keep pushing them out in a steady basis, which is which is just dumb. But also, just like doesn't make sense because then you would think that they would do stuff as well, other things as far as the actual hardware itself to make it harder. Like like they didn't region lock the the Nintendo Switch. Right. So like, if if like scarcity was the name of the game for the hardware for this console, you think that would be like one of the things they implement? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, Nintendo has done region locking on a lot of their previous consoles. Yes. But but what's funny is, like, with Sony, it's always been on a hardware level. And by hardware, I mean, like, the internals of the console itself. Uh, whereas with Nintendo... It was always still on the hardware level, but, like, something you could easily get around, you know? Yeah. You could order Japanese SNES carts and very easily play them <laughs> on a North American SNES, you know? I had one of those. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to, like, want to talk about that. But I also, like, thinking about it as well. So, say, like, 10 years, we have all digital consoles, <laughs> we'll get rid of physical. Bless you. Bless you. Um, like, would the Dankeschön. besides besides like the timing of like winning when you can buy them, 
like how would the digital marketplace really affect artificial scarcity if that's your plan um and because it kind of is one of those things like once you download it like right. you do have it there's no need great if you, great if you play online or have any of those features in there that does make it different but i do but i do feel like that, that artificial scarcity is a little bit different when you're or is a lot different when you're in the digital space and the only thing right. i can think of is if it's like so, like, say with the Apple Arcade, I feel like that kind of video game subscription service does lend itself well to, like, if you want to create and curate some sort of artificial scarcity or, like, kind of elite class for the games. Right. Like, for the well-curated library. I think with digital products, you certainly could do it, but I think that the consumer would frown upon it even more so than they do with physical goods. Uh, people do <laughs> seem to forget, if we're not talking about a streaming service, if we're talking about a digital purchase of a product, uh, there are a finite number of keys. People seem to forget that. GameStop has been, for the past few years, trying to find a way to sell used game keys. Uh, you know, So they could go that route. They probably wouldn't, for obvious reasons. But, like, at that point, there's zero need to do that. You're not paying to manufacture the product. You're not paying to ship the product, to package it. You're not paying for a store to put it on their fucking shelf, you know? If it's all digital, there's no reason for that false scarcity. Uh, for games, right? For software, yeah. there's no reason for it. Uh, for other things, Amiibo or World of Nintendo toys or whatever else, <sighs> sure, maybe, I, I guess. I but wish I had Amiibo money. Me, though, right? like, on the software side, I can see how it benefits them to do that. When it comes to Amiibo, I don't understand how that benefits them at all. Because then all, people just, like, sell them online for, like, yeah. triple, triple the money. And, like... Right. I'm not gonna spend four hundred dollars on a Raven like thing or like like any Animal Crossing yes, character. No, I would not. Did you say a Raven? Shanae, Shanae, yeah. you're the one that has like a fucking wand and lightsaber that were probably pretty pricey. Yeah, right? that is yeah, but... true. And they don't even do nothing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. <laughs> You can uh, take that back real fast. <laughs> they are great. Uh, we, we can cosplay with them. They are a physical item. They make fun noises. Uh, we can have, like, lightsaber fights and over really like, petty stuff. And, you know, like, my amiibo can do one thing in Animal Crossing. And I'm just like, no. I just... I also... My lightsaber do not cost, like, $600. They cost, like... 200 each, 250. There's amiibo costs. <laughs> for all 12 of them. <laughs> uh, you know, what I, what I do think is interesting, and I'll be like looking at closely to see how it actually affects things, because I don't honestly think it will affect things very much, is that there's been a lot of talk the past two weeks of a increase in the price of AAA software for this generation. Okay. That, that, I was going to bring that up. I yeah. So I so I was like, I don't have a game this week, but that, that's what I wanted to talk about, is I saw a, such a hateful, angry thread about the new NBA game being like 70 bucks. Yeah. Bert, like I was coming out of the shower, or the bathroom, Bert. and Bert was like, 
<laughs> Bert. Berto was like, did you hear about the price thing? Like, it was all, like, scandalous. Yeah. It's 10 extra... I mean, like, granted, I get with the microtransactions and the raising the price. A little mad about that. But we have been on the show... We've talked on the show for a long time, how games are more expensive to make, but they have not raised up in price. And it's crazy to see how angry... Like, I've never... I've seen people, like, bitch about it, but I never saw, like, a just, like, super hateful thread that had, like, thousands of, like, like, like people approving it. It's just... It's nutso. It's yeah. it's ten extra dollars. So here's the thing, right? Ten doll hairs. That ten dollars does not fix the problem that we've had in the industry for the past fifteen years. Uh, it just helps to lighten the blow. You know what I mean? They will still need to be doing season passes and paid premium uh, content. Like they will still have to do that. Uh, maybe they can do a little bit less. You know, right? Maybe they can do a little less, but they probably won't because people have shown time and time again, as much as they bitch about it, they're still going to pay for the game and they're still going to pay for those microtransactions. A product is worth uh, however much you'll pay for it. Right. It was with the and 2K series a couple years ago where they made you pay to cut your hair and then pay if you wanted to change your hair back to what you had before. Uh, this is the same series, right? So I think like that is probably why... It's not the only reason why. You got people mad regardless of what series it is. But I think that because of the predatory nature of 2K in its sports titles in the past, uh, you know, people are going to jump all over them for this, of course. Well, it's also the, but, the fact is that they, it is such a similar game to the year before. It's an annual, annualized game. It's a roster the pro- update, right? The, yeah. the prop, yeah, the actual intellectual property is not getting a giant overhaul each year with, like, with any of their assets, they like have they have to drop everything and start all over. Well, it does so, seem that this, from the little that we know about this version of Two K, it does not seem like it's just a port and a roster update of the current last gen version. It seems like it is a significant jump forward, as much as that can be for a Two K sports game. <laughs> uh, you know, well, I, I'm saying I like as far as like games, looking at, but, looking at previous games, like yeah further is is the perception of it so i guess like that also like that adds to people feeling so angry about it but man some people are real salty yeah well you gotta remember a lot of those people that are commenting on all this stuff right 60 dollars has been the cost of a game their entire life you know for a lot of these people yeah so i mean it's just weird I watched, them, go ahead, I watched them go from. I mean, I mean, we've been alive long enough to see them go from thirty to forty to fifty to sixty. Like it just happens, and I, I've just accepted that that's the thing that happens. It's they've stayed at sixty dollars for a lot longer than I expected them to. I'll give them that. Um, but uh, you know, I can't like. I I've thought about it a million different ways, and I guess I can't find it in me anywhere to be bothered by it uh <laughs> oh bother well because like i think about it, i think about it too there are two things that, that come to mind when i think about it there's like one these are uh these are video games not insulin so a ten dollar increase in the price of your video game isn't a big isn't like it's not it's not 
in my opinion, worth getting mad over. Um, you wouldn't write a write an essay. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. And like, and again, like, I just I'll decide whether or not a video game is worth seventy dollars to me, or whether or not I'll pay for it. Uh, that also, I think that people like. I don't think that you need to. I, and this is and this again I can only speak for myself but like I don't have the need to be there for the for the day one conversation for every video game and uh, I don't know I, I just think that I think that video games costing a little bit more money isn't the worst thing that could happen I just I just don't see it as that like I don't really don't see that as a big that big of a deal so my perspective on the whole thing is like video games are such a weird thing in that in the early 90s to mid 90s we saw games that had a huge range of price uh you know you look in the toys r us catalog and you'd see an n64 game for 80 dollars and you'd see on the same page one for 40 dollars and one for 60 dollars right and then it was with the generation after that that the industry as a whole seemed to settle on $50 as the price point. Yeah. And it was the generation after that, that the industry as a whole seemed to settle on $60. Right. So we went from pricing games based on what we thought the games were worth to a flat price across the industry, uh, for the majority of our games. And it's kind of weird to me because Games are one of the only things that are priced in that way. You don't go to buy a new television or a new car and expect that every TV is going to be the same price or that every vehicle is going to be the same price. You don't go to buy a book, right? If we're we're looking at it from an art standpoint, you don't go to buy a book and expect that every single book is going to be the same price. We price things based on what we think that they are worth. Uh, But for some reason... I think a lot of the... Go ahead, Janae. I think a lot of books, like, um, like even a lot of books are, like, between, like, what, 20 and $40? Unless they're, like, on the giant top seller list or they're, like, a massive collection or they're really nice print or something. But wouldn't you say, even relatively speaking, 20 to $40 is a huge difference compared to 60 to $70? Yeah, 100%. Right. And, uh, um... And I was thinking about about whenever I used to buy movies, because didn't DVDs normally come around the same price, though? Like, whenever, like, it would come out on DVD, like, before Netflix started streaming. (laughs) There was a, whether it was CDs or DVDs or even Blu-rays now, if you go to Best Buy and look at Blu-rays, you're going to see a wide variety of prices. Now, those prices may only fluctuate a few dollars, Right. Uh, but they're not one standard price, you know? It's like with movies at the box office, depending on the location, we've decided on a price that that is worth. But as far as ownership of that, it fluctuates. Uh, Even digitally, right? You You buy a movie on Amazon Prime or on iTunes, there's price differences all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Same thing with music. Same thing with books. For whatever reason, the games industry is the one industry that has said, we're going to have this price. Obviously not for everything, right? Not for your small little indie games. uh, But for the most part, this is what games cost. And I think it's kind of dumb that we do that. Yeah. You know? 
I'm not saying every game should go to 70. I'm saying that games should be priced accordingly to what the publisher and what the developer believe that that game is worth. Yeah, but, and again, I think that, um, and this is just as, you know, as an observation that I've made is that um, it is quite often that I will see that, like, for example, in the in the instance of, um, God, what's that game? The Order 1886. Yes. Um, that game launched at $60. And it's, what is that? What is that, a five-hour game, Tom? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, and uh, regardless of, like, what kind of production values went into that game, um, regardless of how much work went into that fi- crafting that five hours, a lot of the discourse about that about how much how that game was priced was based almost completely on the fact that that game was five hours long, as opposed to ten or twenty hours long. Okay. And, and so, like, it's one of those things where, like, like. Like I'll pay just as much to watch a Star War as I will to watch an Equalizer, and those ga- those movies have different run times, or uh, and they're different genres or what have you. But they're priced, they're priced like they're priced without those things into consideration. But the weird thing about it is that when we when we look at things like that. We don't say like I can't believe I I paid just as much to see the Star War as I paid to watch the Equalizer. I heard some people complain about like paying the same price for the movies being like different quality, but uh, I was talking to somebody like a, oh like a long time ago. We we're talking about it like even if the game is only five hours and it's the sixty dollars and it's well crafted, like I don't know like you're still paying less per dollar per hour for hours of entertainment than if you go to the movies. Yeah, but like, sure. what is sixty dollars worth to you though, right? Like, yeah, what is that like? Like for like, I just if like I can pay, I can play the game, and feel like, hey, I got sixty dollars worth. Out of, I got sixty dollars out of that. I'll pay sixty dollars for that. But like, at the same time, like people will. I've just heard like, you know, that game was five hours long, so I feel like it should have only been like thirty dollars or twenty dollars, and it's just like. It's such a weird, it's not, I don't know. It's just, it's like a, it's a strange metric I feel like to use because I feel like, like that, I feel like the value is more than how, like how long the game is. It's like, what's in it? Like, what is it made yeah. of? Cause it could, cause it could have just been, that game could have been 30 hours long, but it could have been 30 hours of garbage. Right. And that's the other thing is I don't think like. It shouldn't be on the consumers to decide what price we want to pay. Yeah. Uh, it should be on the publishers and developers to decide what they think the game is worth. Again, right? Uh, you go, you know, Edward Gorey makes a piece of art and decides to sell it for $5,000 or $5. It should be up to them yeah. what they think their product is worth. And in certain cases, like The Order 1886... Uh, you know, the public will decide what they want to and do not want to spend their money on. Right, you decide if um, you agree with me on the worth or not. Right. It's, uh, it's, you only it's weird because it really, is, it really is one of the only products, not the only products, but sure. one of very few products in which we've just assigned a universal price tag to. Like, regardless of 
regardless of content or right. quality or genre or whatever. It's like a board game, right? You're not look, Trivial Pursuit might cost you a couple dollars more than Monopoly, right? Like yeah. hey, whatever. That's a Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> No, definitely, I mean, since we're talking about it anyways, like, at GameStop, quite often the complaint I heard was like, oh, I just paid for this game, I spent $60, and I'm yeah. already here the next day, because I beat the first game. Yeah. In, like, 10 hours. I'm like, okay, so, like, that's on you, bud. And you're getting more money <laughs> like, back if you're bringing it back the very next day. Yeah. Well, yeah. people are like, I want a full refund. I'm like, that's, I only had it for a day, and I'm like, okay, like... <laughs> That's not how the market works. I mean, and that's the thing, like, you, 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 like, you kind of roll the dice, right? Like, you know that you haven't played the game or not. Yeah, you know that you haven't played the game yet. You know, you know that you don't know everything that's in that game. So yep. you, you decide, you've made the conscious decision to pay that price for a product that you don't know everything about. Right, and now compared to 15, 20 years ago, we have the resources to be informed about these purchases yeah. you know maybe not 100 percent, but at least pretty informed about them yeah i, I mean I, I just like there's like you can have a dining experience where you pay 200 dollars and get less food than like if you went to another establishment and spent 20 dollars. Right. and i hear and i hear that complaint it's like oh why would you pay, pay like 100 bucks to get like this amount of food because like because you're not just buying for the food. You're buying for, like, the... Uh, hopefully, you're paying for the atmosphere, the culinary expertise, and it is cooked to perfection. Mm. And it's kind of like it with games. Like, yes, it... Like, just because you can beat it within a day doesn't mean you should get your money back if it's a good game. Like, right. if the... It, like, the product is not defective in what it is intended to be. You don't... Like, people don't get, get the understand, like the thing for a credit or a refund. Like, a refund is because a service wasn't rendered. Yeah. The service was rendered. You yeah. got the game. Yeah. It's not It's not our fault that you didn't like it, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> or that you're or you're bored the next day. Like, that's, that's on you. Plan your, I, plan your weekend. And I think that, like, also, like, it depends on, like, what are you looking to get out of it, right? Um, because, you know, like, I could, you know, I could play something and feel like I got, like, I was going into it hoping for, I don't know, this kind of experience or for it to invoke this kind of feeling. And I got that. And that speaks nothing to, like, how the game works or how long the game is or or anything like that. It's just <clears throat> I went into it hoping to get something, getting the specific, specific thing out of that, and I decided that getting that thing is worth this amount of money to me. Um, yeah. But that's just, you know, yeah, that's, I... that's just me, you know. I go into every game hoping to wring every single ounce of fun or pleasure out of the game until it turns into a job, and then I stop it. Well, you know what's funny you say that, though? It's <laughs> funny you say that, though, Shanae, because I know, and you guys know, people who are very much like that. I bought this okay. game, so I'm going to 100% it, even though I don't like it, you know? You're, you're oh. then wasting your time as well as your... Uh, no, but... no, I don't... I mean, like, I, I stopped Red Dead Redemption 2 after 10 hours. Right. I... Um, there's another game that I played recently that I was like, oh, well, like, yeah, I didn't get into that one. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, like, I mean, but if I, if a game can get me on a hook, I'm like, oh, I enjoyed it once, I'm gonna enjoy it the rest of the time. Yeah. Well, and I, like, I get it, like, paying, paying 
money for a game that you end up not being into or wasn't as long as you hoped it would be like that's i get that that's that's disappointing but again like you know you made a decision to go into it with that being a possibility and like tom said like you can you can look up a game on the internet and find out how long that game is uh and depending on how much you want to know about it you can find out pretty much everything that there is to do in that game before you buy it if you decide that you're not going to do that then that's the decision that that's that's the decision that you've made, and that's not. But I don't want to go into the game blind. <laughs> and that's, and that's not... You can, you, but you can still do that and know how long that game is. You know. Yeah. Nah, it's gonna spoil the surprise for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I can tell the direction of the story by the, the thing, average right, runtime. There are games that I've wanted to go in knowing as little information about as possible, right? But I made that decision. And I made the, the, the adult decision to spend my money on that product, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it is then no one's fault but my own if I do not like that product. Um, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's weird how, like, how people, like, look at something and, like, gauge, like, the value of it. You know, like, um, like they play a game and then they, they decide that it's, like, they decide whether or not that game was worth sixty dollars based on, you know, and I never, I'm really never sure. You know? I think based on what their sixty dollars has provided them before, mm. you know. Yeah, I mean, because it, because it is, it is a thing where, like before, when you see like the eighty dollar game and the forty dollar game, you're like, well, I bought that forty eight dollar game before and it was great. This yeah. is eighty dollars. It has to be better. It's gonna be twice and, as good. Yeah, it has to be. That's, that's, that's how it works. You do the math. <laughs> so, like, but if everything is the same price, a game can be an eight dollar game at a six dollar price. If they're and all the like, same price, fuck yeah, they're all the same quality. Yeah. That's how it works. Um, yeah. And like, it's a tricky thing, though, right? Because like, how uh, and I think for a lot of people, how much you pay for something. Will definitely that can definitely color your perception of how much you like that thing. Um, I mean, there's like a famous thing with like wine drinkers where it's like they put the labels on the wrong bottles, so people are mm-hmm. drinking expensive wine. Yeah, they're like so good. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, it, it goes both ways, right? You see people that are looking for any reason to tear a game apart. Yeah, and you see people who are pouring through reviews to find somebody who agrees with them and validates their purchase, right? Like, yeah. it goes both ways. Uh, and both are dumb. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because, like, it's funny you should say that because um, uh, I was on I was, uh, I was online the other day and someone, someone made a post about The Last of Us 2 and uh, it was... Shocking. It, well, it was about... <laughs> specifically, it was about... Dun-dun. It was specifically it was about like ludo narrative dissonance or whatever. Yeah. And um, they've been complaining about that since the first game. And like I would just and like the post was very much centered like like after you finish the game you should definitely go read this because it'll it'll let you know that what you're doing in the game doesn't agree with what the writing is and everything like that. And like I was just like, well, I don't know. I feel like I'm having. You don't know what I do in my game. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm you just, don't know me. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I'm having a good time with it, so. It's the same. It's the same as when like Sinead's telling us why we should hate Jim and Pam on The Office. You know, sure. When obviously I don't say they all should hate us. When obviously that wasn't creator's intent, 
people find reasons for you to think that reason why well, you like, should think my that, you know? is that like i'm enjoying this thing and so that's <laughs> like i'm enjoying this thing so it's like seeking out that article almost sounds like me going out of my way to stop enjoying it right and that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me right well some people get off of being contrarians they're like oh i'm an intellectual because i don't like the things that other people like Go fuck yourself. I mean, I feel like, that way a lot of the time. Like, I won't lie. I get up my own ass about that stuff, right? I'll go I'll go on and on as to why Stranger Things is bad. But, like, <laughs> you know, it's... But do you, do you dislike it because the, your gut instinct is like, oh, like, th- these people like it, so I don't, I'm not going to like it? Like, and no, not even I give it a chance? No, I it because I think that there is no character development in the, the show's main character. I didn't ask for your reasoning. But... I, didn't go on, I didn't go on about the Jim and Pam thing. So, like, so I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, there, like, there's people who just, like, are contrarian because their gut instinct is, like, oh, like, either it's really popular, so they are they are special because they don't like it. That's people. Or, Fortnite. That's, that's people Fortnite, people. right? Everyone yeah. says Fortnite's garbage, even though everybody buys Fortnite and loves yeah. Fortnite. Yeah. Like, it's... I mean, I can get into it. Like, it, I mean, I, it, it, is, it is goofy. It's just, like, I just like PUBG better. Not, anyways. Yeah. Uh, that's just so, people but, like, who, who, like, think disagreeing with people is a personality. Right, and it's it's not. Say or <laughs> people see like a group of people they don't like or they don't agree with like yeah. the game, so therefore the game must be bad. But it's bullshit because not everything is not everything is like about your group or tribe. Yeah, you can just like it; it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I just you know it's just like um, it's it's funny because I I read. I, I was I was going through my timeline and the, there was a post that said, like, in your opinion, what is the worst video game that you've ever played? Okay. And um, and like of course, and I saw The Last of Us Two on there, and like I get like if that th- if it wasn't your thing, <laughs> but like I was like you've never played a game worse than that. Like you've never thing, right? he's, only, he's only played he's like, only played two games. Breath of the Wild and To your point, dude, like you know, the games that I complain about the most that I've complained about on this show many times, right? Uh you know them, Bound by Flame, Borderlands, like whatever it might be. <laughs> I can say without a doubt there are worse games than those, you know. But well, and, and, to be, and to be fair, the, the, <laughs> the question wasn't posed in a way that was like, 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 what game did you feel was actually like qualitatively the worst game you've ever played? It was yeah. open to interpretation to could have easily been, what is the game you enjoyed the least? Fine. Right. But I just feel like. That's what they asked, though. It just, that just, that just, what was the worst? It just, that it just, was the least likable. But I think that that's, you know, that's interchangeable to a lot of people, especially to people who. Um, don't know English? Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's that's a lot Pulling of people the in guns. the world. Shanae, there's a lot of people in the world who don't know English, so pump the brakes. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did like was there a lot of a lot of like international discourse in this like Facebook question? <laughs> it was a multi, it was a multilingual thread actually. Um, but no, and it's just like and like so and, and don't get me wrong, I fully acknowledge the possibility that that is the worst game that they have ever played. I acknowledge that that is possible because it certainly could be. But then I then it's like, how many games have you played then if that is the worst game that you've ever played? <laughs> but 
Um, I don't know. I don't. I, and this and it just and so that that is very much a person who says who looks at a game like The Last of Us and says that game is not worth sixty dollars. Uh, and I have to respect that because and it's not for everybody. What's yeah. the you know? opposite of two chefs kisses? Uh, <laughs> the opposite of two chefs kisses is uh, two customers taking a dump. <laughs> it's not it's not though like you know like ryan you know my feelings on jackson pollock right yeah and, but like that guy was there a are Russian people artist. there there are people who think that his works are worth fucking thousands and thousands of dollars you know so it's okay to have an opinion sure but and it's okay that opinion's wrong yeah it happens yeah i don't know i just like and like and and again like i i don't think that any game, I don't think I don't consider any game to be <clears throat> objectively like enjoyable. I just, I just can't believe you haven't played a worse game than that. But hey, maybe you haven't played a lot of video games. I don't know, but um, <laughs> you know, it's it is it just again brings to mind like, what are people willing to spend their money on? What is what is sixty dollars to them? And then what is what will seventy dollars be to them? Um, and also, what's the dollar conversation, right? Like, the only one we know for sure is 2K. People are making the assumption that this is where we're heading, you know? We do know other companies are currently discussing it, but nothing's been confirmed yet. Someone's going to do it. Well, somebody already has. No, I mean, but, someone's, someone's yeah. going to... Uh, alleged. Someone's gonna Allegedly. Be, someone's going to be like, at this from this point forward, all of our games are $70. Sure. But, like... For people to already be upset about something that has not happened yet is kind of silly to me. They just just play last year's game. Like you still got the dribbling, you still got the dunking, you still got the shooting. You don't got that sweat, man. You saw that PS Five footage. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, Need that sweat. I don't know. I, That's really what's been missing. I I just I buy very few video games at on at launch these days, so. I guess um, maybe, yeah, me and, maybe that's where I'm coming from on it. I don't know. but No, me and Berta were talking the other day about um, which next-gen consoles we're going to get. And so far, no plans of buying the new Xbox. The PS5, we were thinking about waiting about six months after the launch of it to see how the what the early adopter pro- problems are. Sure. And then kind of go from there. I just feel like $10. I'll be buying that bitch day one. I just feel like $10 huh? is not that big of a gap, though. Like, For some people, it is. Yeah. It's know? a baby gap. For some people, that's a lot of money. And we talk about like people in other regions, like our friend Corey, right? Like, It's going to be a bigger hey, hey, jump see, than $10. You, you see Bubba? You see him? Yeah, I see him. <laughs> hey, Bubba. Uh, okay, it was maybe it was, it was a bit presumptuous of me to say that ten dollars isn't a lot. I should say that ten dollars isn't a lot to me, but uh, you know there are people, of course, who have like very specific budgets for that sort of thing. And if you've allotted sixty dollars for your month for video games, and <clears> the video <throat> games are seventy dollars, that's going to throw your whole thing out of whack. And I get that. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like video games are priced differently depending on where you're buying them. So, um, you know that's a whole thing too. But I don't know. I just uh, I just bought a video game for eight dollars today, so that felt pretty good. Um, 
but we'll see. We shall see. Yeah. Well, um, got, you got any closing thoughts, Thomas? No, not really. Like, I just yeah. wish people would calm down a little bit. You know, like, wait to see what's going to happen first. Yeah. It's so weird how people preemptively react to things. Yeah. Uh, I am prepared to be upset. Yeah. I mean, we know. We know. There are, like, four five companies currently considering it right yeah. that we know of which means Allegedly. there are pro which means there, there are probably more than that right but we don't Allegedly. know for sure yet yeah we don't know for sure yet um yeah i i just i i don't want to get upset about something before it actually happens um, and even if it does happen realize that these things cost more than they ever have we did get also, they cost so much you don't, you don't you don't have to buy it like you just don't have to buy it yeah like that's you true. don't have to do those things. Like, these are all optional. Yeah. Like, it's... I don't know. Like, there's so many hobbies out there where there's, like, very small, minute things that are ridiculously expensive. And the fact is that this is just going up on a game that obviously does take money and time to make and has a uh, decent staff behind it. Like, I don't know. Like, just, like, or decent size, at least. It's not, like, one man doing it all, like... Like a, like a Frogger game, it, it yeah. is like Frogger an act like multiple people, but yeah. I just imagine. Oh, Frogger some... like game. I'm talking about like making a Frogger game today. <laughs> I know, like, I know. You already whatever. I'm just fuck, with you, dude. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Anyways, but, like... but yeah, like I mean, the fact is, like it's just I think that people are focused on the, the the fact is that they find these things scummy and forget that like you just can choose not to buy it. I'm just, and that might change their mind. That picturing... might change their mind. They might drop the price. I'm just picturing some like some uh, some video game figurehead being on stage like, that's too much. Look, you don't have to buy it. And like that's his whole presentation. <laughs> but you know what? It's funny. Like it's it's a funny notion, right? But like the games industry, at least for the past decade or so, has been all about like for the players and video games are for everybody and all that, right? And, everybody like, but the poor. Video though. games. Video games, so much unlike most other art mediums, are is like it's an interactive thing, right? Yeah. There's a participation, there's a call and response. Yeah. Uh, but like, so it's a hobby, right? Mm -hmm. Like listening to music isn't really a hobby; it's consuming an art. Watching movies or reading a book isn't really a hobby; it's consuming an art. You're not. I mean, to an extent, sure. If you were an enthusiast, sure, maybe, kind of. Uh, not the same as, as something that you actually interact with, right? Uh, and to that point, there are plenty of hobbies that I would love to have that I can't afford to have. Like you know playing Magic I mean? the Gathering. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there are, I, there are so very I would disagree completely about the... that exist, right? And in that, it, 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 with that argument, like, if $10 is too much for you, then maybe you can't afford this hobby, you know? I yeah. No, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that necessarily has to be the case. I think that if you're in a stage of your life, hopefully it's a transitionary stage where the $10 is a lot, there's plenty of free games. There's plenty of other options out there. Like with books and movies, same thing. There's free options out there. There's libraries. There's now libraries that do games. Like you, 
this like if that is too much on your plate i don't think that you should necessarily change your hobby but the fact is like you don't have to live with the fact that you're not going to get something day one and like you're just not going to spend 50 dollars. just choose not to okay. do it okay but like today okay look for instance a few years ago i took my little trip to colorado and i went dog sledding for time right and i fucking loved it and if i could turn dog sledding into a hobby i would but i can't afford to do that you see what i mean do you see what i'm saying it's not realistic that everybody gets to do everything sure. it's sad sure but realistically hey sorry I, and I, I guess i just like i would love to see tommy at the dog sledder like i saw that to be a profession <laughs> I mean, no, like, going 15 years without a price increase on these things is kind of, you know, like, you had to see it coming at some point. Uh, yeah. And, and, like, especially, like, like, video games cost so much money to make. They, co- they take so many resources, and they take so long to make. More now than ever before. Yeah, right? so, like, you have to, you have to expect that at some point the people who are making these video games want to see a return on their investment faster than before. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe that's just... Or, at, or at all, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe... Think about Triple it. Dude, think about Bioshock Infinite, right? Think whatever you want about the game, but, yeah. like, a Triple A game with a Triple A budget that sold extremely well, uh-huh. was critically praised, yeah. and was not profitable. Yeah. Was not profitable. Was not profitable because of the cost of development. Yeah, you know. And so, I, like, I don't think it's unreasonable for the um, MSRP to reflect that. Right. That, that the like what goes into the game, you know, um, like, but I don't know. I, different people are going to feel differently about it, and I think that it's a knee jerk reaction because, again, if things have been a certain way for fifteen years, then of course. You know, people, there are going to be people who, like, if they hear, they get wind of things being different after 15 years, they're going to flip their shit. But, I mean, at this again, it's it's video games are a luxury. They're not a life-saving medication that I need. So if I can't afford to play video games, then I guess I just can't afford to play video games, and that has to be it. But as of right now, I feel like I can afford to play video games, so I'm not sweating it. So... I'm good. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, so, <laughs> it has a book thing, but yeah. If you want to let us know what, uh, a game that you have recently bought that you don't think, that for $60, you don't think is a $60 game, whether it's like, you think it's worth like more or less, you should let us know, either in our Discord or oh, only, on Instagram. Only accepting the answer bound by flame, please. That is it. What? Or more. Like, you say that you think Doom's, like, a $300 game. It like, is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's so yeah. Not. Discord, on the YouTubes, on most podcast apps. Uh, and then uh, just real popping on the Instagram. Thanks to Tommy. And um, bye, guys. <laughs> bye, guys. <laughs>